Yo, 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 what's up? This is a really exciting episode. We just got done filming it. Patrick James here, hashtag Raw and Relentless. You already know how we do. This is the audio only only version of the podcast. And on this episode, we had a guy named Austin Zayback. Now, Austin is a guy who I met through Clark. Clark's already been on a couple episodes, and we go deep on all different topics that range across the spectrum. But Austin, he's a 25-year-old kid, lives in Scottsdale, Arizona, crushes it. He has two real estate companies, one ATM business company or whatever, ATM company where he has his own ATM machines and he puts them out throughout the valley and he rakes in cash through that. And he has several other business ventures and a large team of people who work for him. And so Austin is a serial entrepreneur in his own words that you'll hear. And on this episode, we go deep on success principles, on what it takes to succeed, on what it takes to make money and the mentality behind all that. And it's really different. Good switch up from the the past episodes because he's so focused on his business that it was almost like the the conversation carried itself and it was all about making money improving yourself becoming entrepreneurial so if you've ever thought about how do you make more money how do you become more financially independent you're gonna love this episode and that said i want to give you an easter egg here i've been doing this the last few episodes and you guys have been loving it so what's a good easter egg for this one i'm gonna do what's written on chris's shirt and it says level up we're choosing new easter eggs for each episode so make sure you keep tuning in because if you can incorporate the easter egg the two words level up into your review of the podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're going to choose one who has the most creative review and the most, I would say the one that stands out to us the most with the Easter egg. And obviously you want to rate it five stars. So we're going to choose one of the guys who, or one of you guys who incorporates that Easter egg into your review. And we're going to Venmo you 50 bucks. Oh my God. So sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself some more and on. We are live, and we got my man Austin Zayback on the podcast. I just met Austin today, but we mm-hmm. have a mutual friend. His name is Clark Kegley, who's already been on twice. We yep. actually, me, Clark and I, ironically, we found out through um, hanging out with his girlfriend and my girlfriend yeah, and yeah. us two. Me and Clark are very similar in personality. That's too funny. And uh, we're like, I feel like we're the same person at times. Even mm-hmm. the way we talk to our girlfriends and the jokes we make that piss them off. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And uh, so, yeah, it's really funny that you and Clark knew each other. And so when he recommended you come on, I was like, gotta have him Gotta on. roll, let's yeah. roll. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you having me here. Of course, It'd be man. a lot of fun. I'm excited to have you too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like your voice is way A little more deeper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what they say, you know, we'll see. Yeah, so... What I know about you is very limited because it's what I've heard through Clark and kind of just a little bit I've seen on Insta and YouTube. So, I mean, I I guess if I ask you yeah. about your story and stuff, it'll be a little bit classic, but we sure. can go in any direction. Um, have you ever seen the Joe Rogan podcast? I have. I'm sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you know how they kind of go everywhere? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the reason I started this podcast is because I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into only having to talk about one thing, which right. my thing was dating advice, right? For sure. And so this is more just... Anything, and anything, everything. anything, and everything, yeah. bro. So me and Clark, we went deep down the alien and yep. UFO rabbit hole. Has he ever talked to you about those? I think we have. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. How, what's your opinion on all that shit? 
Dude, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. You know what I mean? They got all the, the shows on Netflix of like the UFO, you know, just like everything, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. You know, I don't, I don't have much of an opinion, yeah. you know, but I like to watch it and whatever. At a certain point, you wonder what effect will this have on my life? And is it really right. just a distraction? For sure. And it is a distraction. And it's a good, you know, if you're just trying to like hang out, then why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do in your free time? Because we know you obviously crush it in business, but what do you do when you're not working? Dude, it's tough, man. I, I work like almost all the time. I feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even when I'm not working, like I feel like I'm mentally working. Like I, I'll try to like physically be doing something else. Like whether I'm just like out grabbing a drink or whether like, you know, whatever that is, but mentally I'm just thinking about work, you know, yeah. all, like literally I, I like, it's almost hard for me to get my mind off of work. Mm. Yeah. Well, you do several different things. So which one occupies the most time in your mind? I mean, just business in general, I'm intrigued. You know what I mean? I'm intrigued by entrepreneurship. I'm intrigued by business and how people do things. And, you know, just like overall, um, pretty much everything. Like I'll look at, you know, I'll go into a restaurant and I'll see, you know, something that they do or something that somebody says, and yeah. it'll give me an idea of how I can, you know, implement something, you know, in one of my companies or with my employees or, you know, whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and so, you know, for me, I'm, I'm more of a serial entrepreneur. Um, I mean, real estate was kind of like my first kind of sort of like bigger venture. Then obviously a lot came out of that, but at the end of the day, you know, a good opportunity is a good opportunity. You know what I mean? Mm. So you're pretty young, right? I'm 25. Just turned 25. Just turned 25. Yeah. I just turned 30. Okay. So, All right. Um, but I've like real estate, if I was 25 or when did you start real estate? I got into real estate when I was 18. See, at 18, yeah. I didn't know shit about shit. Yeah. So, like, it's crazy that your yeah. first thing at 18 was real estate. How did that even appeal to you in the first place? Well, I'd already been an entrepreneur. So, um, I when I was, like, seven or eight years old, I moved into my grandparents' garage. Um, and uh, I, I got into the pool business, actually, here in Arizona. It's, like, cleaning swimming pools, right? And um, so, I'd been an entrepreneur all the way till probably 15. And then at 15, I sold that company um, got a traditional job, right? Like a nine to five. And, um, and at I hate 18 at 15, at 15, at 15. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, but I had been an entrepreneur for seven years already. I mean, I wasn't making tons of money, right? I Were was, you in high school or did you drop out? Um, no, I, I, I like got through high school barely. I didn't get good grades <laughs> okay. or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'd been an entrepreneur for a long time and then I got into like the traditional world for a while got into network marketing. I feel like that was kind of the phase back then. I don't mm. know if you were ever a part of like MLM network marketing type um, of thing. My dad, like I went to one of the meetings where they pitch you yeah, on yeah. joining and I was 18 yeah. and I didn't know anything about anything. So I was like, dad, I don't know. I feel like they, they want me to do this and I kind of want to do it. I don't know. They say I can make a lot of money. And he's like, you're good. You right. don't want to do it. For sure. For sure. So, you know, that was a big thing. And, and I got into that. It, it didn't end up being my long-term thing, obviously. Um, but I did learn a lot. I learned a lot about like entrepreneurship and like even more so like personal development, yes. personal growth. I feel like if that was like the one thing I got out of that whole season of my life, that would be it. Right. Like I read a ton of books, went to a ton of different, like just like motivational, like Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, like yeah. just all the OGs back then. And, um, and then I, you know, so then I was kind of looking for something new, right? I was like, okay, well I need, you know, I, I, I had the mindset, but I needed the vehicle, right? The, the actual vehicle to achieve wealth or to achieve like, you know, I just wanted to make money at the time, honestly. Right. Like I wanted to, I wanted to get wealthy or whatever. And, uh, and that's how I got into real estate at like 18. Got it. Yeah. So was it kind of instant success for you or did you have a little bit of a grind and some failures along the way to start? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, 
it was a grind. I mean, like there was nothing instant about my, not even till this day. You know what I mean? I mean, every, everything I do is a grind. Um, you know, it's never, it, it always sounds great on paper. It sounds yeah. great in my head. Right. But once I actually like go to do it, it, it's, it's difficult. It's challenging. Everything's challenging. Mm. You know, nothing. I feel like success isn't linear, you know? And if, and if somebody says it is linear, then I think they're probably lying, you Definitely. know? Yeah. That was the biggest thing for me when I got into online marketing. Um, I actually, I've told this story before on the podcast, so I won't yeah. go super deep yeah. into it, but I basically, I dropped out of dental school. So I moved to Arizona for dental school, mm -hmm. got accepted. Um, I, I'm technically half a dentist because yeah. I passed the first part of the boards. Um, and then I dropped out to do online marketing because Jason Capital, okay. um, he actually, I, I was at his house in the Hollywood Hills yep. and I was like, yo, um, I, I kind of want to do this online marketing thing. I already have an ebook, but I, I was kind of, they say in college, you can do two of the three things. You can get sleep, you can have a great social life and you can have good grades. You can mm -hmm. do two, but you can't do all three. Right. And so for me, I was doing, trying to learn online marketing and I was getting good grades and I was going out, but I wasn't getting any sleep. Yeah. And so <laughs> I had reached a breaking point and I basically told him, I was like, yo, I don't know what to do. My grades are still up, mm -hmm. but I'm spending most of my time doing this. And he, he opened my eyes. He's like, dude, just drop out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. And, and that's the thing, right? Like you don't need a college degree. I mean, like, I think if you want to, you know, if you, if you want to go down that route, then yeah. cool, you know, good for you. Right. But you don't need it anymore to be successful. Right. Like, mm. and, and that is, you know, the kind of the newer generation, I feel like of, of people, I think I even read an article the other day where somebody, I think it was like Elon Musk actually, or some, I think it was like either Elon Musk or it was like Bill Gates was like released an article and they were saying that like, they don't even, their, their, their company, I think it might've been Tesla. It might've been like Elon doesn't care that much about a college degree anymore. Like it's more about, um, life experience and more about like, there was all, there was like this list of other things that they looked at, mm. but like a college degree wasn't one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, uh, like I told you, I, I used to work for Dean on his team yeah, yeah. for like six months and this is after I'd already started making some money online. For sure. So that was kind of my experience going in and it actually reached a breaking point at like six months to where I was like making 10K a month for myself, making a fraction of yeah. that working for him. So, um, but at the time I remember he was like, oh, I just realized nobody on my on my team has a degree. And yeah. I was like, uh, sorry, I got a college degree and I was in dental school, yeah, but yeah, that's I'm here. Funny. Yeah, 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 that's funny. Dean's a good guy. Great guy. And they do a bunch. I'm sure you learned a lot. Right. Like yeah. doing a lot of the, like they're really big in online marketing. You know, they do uh, Dean's like with Tony Robbins now. Oh yeah. They're doing the, I think with Tony and uh, Russell Brunson, right. Mm -hmm. Doing the mastermind.com and everything like that. Yeah. So I bet you learned a lot. Well, when I was there, it was, I had probably left months, like a couple of months right before they s turned it into mastermind yeah. and launched all that. So I saw the building process of Got all of that. Um, and I was, when I was on his team, I was doing a lot of the, anything that was continuity, like a recurring mm -hmm. subscription. That was kind of like my role. Um, but as far as learning a lot of things, like up until that point, it was just whatever, whenever I would run into guys like Jason capital right. again, like, um, we talk for a little bit and then he'd give me a quick advice and then it'd be on. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but in general, it was just like, trainings online, but no real like mentorship, no Got real it. feedback, no, just like seeing other people doing other things in online marketing. And so when I went there, I got to work with Brian every day with Ryan every yep. day and seeing how they operate. And especially Ryan, he's insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those guys are on another level. I mean, like there's so much to learn. It's unbelievable. You know, I look at, I mean, that's who we, we, you know, we mirror the bigger, the bigger dudes, obviously. And, uh, 
in any industry, right? Like just under, you know, looking at the funnels and the webinars and how they do what they do and how they say what they say and position it. Right. And, and, um, you know, how they'll like do a launch and, you know, get all the people there. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, uh, one of the people that you look up to? Dude, I look up to a lot of people, man. I recently, actually, it's a good question. Recently I started, I, for so long I looked up to, and don't get me wrong. Like I still look up to, you know, like so many people on social media. Right. But even more recently, I started looking up to like a lot more um, like billionaires and a lot more like companies and stuff like that. Because as much as I love looking up to like people that are making, you know, million dollars, two million, five million, ten million, I feel like still that some of the decisions that they make are different than the decisions that people that are running a a multi hundred million dollar or billion dollar year organization would actually make. Yeah. So, you know, now I try to like, now, again, obviously, like, I'm not anywhere close to that, right? But, uh, you know, in terms of, like, looking at them to see, like, what decisions they make and how they do things and how, you know, the, the just, like, things just don't affect them, right? Like, you'll look at Elon Musk, you know, he tweets a tweet, you know, that his stock price is too high and in a matter of a day it drops by 10%, right? Yeah. And he doesn't give a shit. I don't know if I can excuse my French, dude, but, um, but fucking yeah, time. I love it, dude. But, uh, but you know, like, and, and you'll take a, a, a guy our age a lot of times and they're afraid to do stuff like that, yeah. you know? And, and so I'm just like, okay, well, who do I want to be like long-term, right? Do I want to be like Elon, you know? And I'm not saying like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like relating myself to a guy like that, but I'm just saying, right? Like that would be, if I had a goal, that would be my goal, right? Yeah. Like dream big, think big, you oh, know? Yeah. So uh, I, I try to look up to like a lot of the big, big dudes, you yeah. know, the, the Joe Rogans, right? Like the Joe Rogan, when Straight I look up. at my podcast and obviously even this podcast, right? It's like, I want to be sure. Like, you know, I want to be, uh, you know, have a hundred thousand subs and whatever. And there's a lot of people yeah. that have that, but ultimately I want to be Logan Paul. I want to be Joe Rogan right at the yeah. end of the day. Like why, why aim small? Exactly. You know? Dude, I feel the same way when I was younger, I was obsessed with the idea of going to the NBA one day and I would talk to my friends who also had the same aspirations and they would talk about like, Oh yeah, one day I want to go second round in the NBA draft. I want to, I want to play college basketball. I'm like, motherfucker, I want to be Michael Jordan. A hundred percent. Right. A hundred percent. And and you should dream big. You know, I think like we, we place our own limits on ourselves, like plain and simple, right? Like if you're not dreaming big, how are you ever going to achieve big, right? Like you can only achieve what you think you can achieve. Mm. So if you don't think you can achieve it, you're never going to achieve it. Right. So you know, there, there's definitely, I mean, look at Grant Cardone, right? 10 X rule. That's all, you know, a lot of your listeners probably know of Grant Cardone, right? I feel like a lot of people do nowadays, his whole, you know, model. I mean, his whole branding kind of per everything is like 10 X, mm. which is just simply the thought of like, okay, whatever you think you can do, multiply it by 10. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then aim for that instead. Yeah. You know, I like that. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, I was totally going to add something. No, you're good. Oh, the, what I was going to say about Grant Cardone is, um, one of the things that really resonated with me from the 10X rule was talking about higher quality problems. Mm, yep. And I realized that after dropping out of dental school, before I was making any money online as a dating coach, I got a job, like I told you, at yep. a, a part-time at a restaurant, and they had the, they had this little quiz you had to take about the menu, and this other girl who got hired at the same time, she's like, are you nervous? It's like, yeah. nervous about yeah. this stupid fucking quiz at this uh-huh. stupid fucking restaurant are you kidding me i dropped out of dental school to For start sure. a fucking business i'm not nervous about the stupid fucking mm-hmm. quiz higher quality problems you don't yep. even it doesn't phase no, you it doesn't phase you no and and like i feel like that's like you know like an entrepreneur you are just that right you're a problem solver yeah so you know i feel like a lot of people get so worked up and bent out of shape over small problems it's like you're never going to be a great entrepreneur then because you, you're actually, in order to become more successful, you have bigger and more problems. Mm. So if you can't solve the little problems, what makes you think you're going to be able to solve the big ones? You know, yeah. 
So I think it's just a matter of understanding that right off the bat. And then uh, just like actually, yeah, like you said, right? Like inviting bigger problems into your yeah. life. You know, like literally like almost like that that should be like your like freaking prayer or whatever. Like, yeah. hey, like I need some bigger problems. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um. So one thing I got from Grant Cardone as well that I still do to this day is every day I try to write down 10 of my top goals in my journal. Um, even if I just do it real quick. And one of them that I've had for years, um, and I was I wrote it down this morning. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I don't know if I'll be able to do this anytime soon because of current events. For sure. But I want to have an event one day with a thousand people there and I want it to be sold out and overbooked mm, higher quality it. problem. Yep. If I have a thousand seats, but 1200 people want to come right. High quality. I love problem. It. Yeah. I love it. You know, I, and that's exactly how any listener should think. Everybody should think that if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a business owner, you're gut, you're, you're full-time firefighter, right? I, I always tell people I'm, I'm part-time firefighter, part-time babysitter. Mm. You know what I mean? Without that's the all risk I do. of dying in a fire. That's it. Right. That's all, that's all we do. And, and, um, at the end of the day, you know, and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it, right? He, Gary V's like, look, you can go be a COO or a CEO or yeah, a CEO or a CFO and be out of the spotlight, mm -hmm. potentially make more money, have less problems, right? Not have all the media coverage, all the bad publicity, all that BS, right? But, you know, it, like you have to want to be an entrepreneur, right? You have to want, mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur doesn't necessarily always mean you're going to make more money. Being the business owner doesn't mean you're going to make more money. I got... You know, I've had multiple times in my life where I pay my employees more than I make, right? Mm. And and sure, like from a gross revenue perspective, it looks like I'm making a lot of money, but that's not the reality of it, yeah. right? You're reinvesting into infrastructure, systems, processes, you know, the whole nine, right? Right. And um, and on top of all that, you're the one that get, you know, if anything bad, like you're the last line of defense and Gary V talks about that, right? So something goes wrong, it's all on you, right? Uh, sure, your employee made a mistake, but it's not really their mistake. It's your mistake. Cause you didn't tell that you didn't, you didn't give the employee the proper training to not make the mistake. Right. Right. Yeah. That's been a big thing that I've been learning a lot recently. Um, because when I got into online marketing, it was, I was sold the dream of like laptop lifestyle, sit in your bed, write an email, make a yeah. million dollars. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was the, sure. Jason Capital's whole messaging 100%. back then. Right. Yep. Um, and now that I actually have revenue coming in, yep. I got to hire a video editor. So I have a guy editing just kind of part-time, just the podcast, not sure. everything that I do. Um, but eventually I'm going to hire a full-time video editor. Yeah. I got Chris, who's my full-time uh, marketing assistant, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have a guy, Brian, who's running my ads. And so I totally relate to what yep. you said. I'm like, yo, what am I taking home right. at the end of the day? For sure. Yeah. yeah. And that's the sacrifice you got to make, you know, and people don't see that everybody. And again, it just goes back to like the highlight reel and all that, right. all that crap, right? Like people see the highlight reel, they see the travel, they see the fancy car, the fancy watch. And, you know, and ultimately they want to be you, but it's just like, and, and I'm not complaining, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. like that's the last thing I'm doing. I, I'm like very grateful for everything, but you know what you're getting yourself into, mm -hmm. right? Know what you're getting yourself into before you just look in, in awe at these people and, and want to be them because, you know, a lot of people, they don't know what they're asking for. And, and if they knew what they were asking for, I think a lot of people would make a different decision. That's why you have a lot of people that end up quitting, right? Because they don't, they didn't, they didn't really fully understand what that looked and felt like. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've been recently intrigued with, uh, now that I've been interviewing people on my podcast, um, because the people who I've interviewed so far, I think you're technically like, I don't know, we're less than 15 yeah, episodes sure. in, right? But most of the people they've had at least some level of success in their life. And I'm not saying you have to have success to, right. for me to interview you. But, um, what I've noticed is like what we have in common is something that I don't know if everybody has, which is when we face resistance or a fire, like mm -hmm. you said, we get the motivation and just overcome it right. be simply because we want to overcome it. Yep. Whereas I feel like most people 
they just give up or sure. they stop. So what do you think it is that kind of sets those people apart? What causes someone to be the type of person who want, wants to overcome it mm -hmm. versus the other people? I mean, it's a I was talking to a buddy about this last, and it's a great question. Um, I think there is a part of it that you've got to be born with, right? Like, I think you can develop that characteristic trait, mm -hmm. but I do think on some level you have to be born with the desire, right? Like that burning desire to do stuff like this, right? And I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not born with it, you know, I think it is going to be a little bit tough. I think you do. Now, I'm not saying, right, like you, if you have a little bit of it, you can develop that, right? And you can blow that into some, you know, massive thing. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, because it's, it's, it's tough, man. Like when, you know, you, it, it, it's, it's basically the toughest thing you'll ever do. Actually. Like there's nothing tougher on the planet than to be faced with the challenges on a day-to-day -day basis of running a company, running an organization, paying employees, having infrastructure, like the whole nine yeah. and the scaling of the, of all of that. And then actually having to like pave the way, be the visionary, be and in the beginning, you're the visionary, you're the implementer. You're, you know, a lot of times as an entrepreneur, you're everything, right? You're, right. you're the entire thing. And, um, and that's a difficult thing, right? Like if you're not, you know, if you don't have that burning desire to win, then, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess the only other alternative is like, if you have like a massive, like why, yeah. right? Like you need like, you know, your family, your mom, your dad, your whatever, you know what I mean? Right. And, um, you like, you need to make it happen, right? Like yeah. you, you're literally your backs up against the wall. You have no other choice. And I feel like a lot of times that's what, um, even guys like me, right? Like I, and I'm nobody, right? Like I, in my opinion, I haven't achieved anything, but you know, I consistently put my back up against the wall. Like I will go on purpose. Like I make sure I got kind of like Grant Cardone talks about, but like, you know, I will go buy stuff. I'll get my account back low again. Like I'll go buy assets. I'll buy ATM machines. I'll buy real estate. I'll buy whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll get a bigger office. I'll invest in infrastructure. That way I look at my bank account again. It scares the shit out of me. So I work harder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ironically, Honestly. I feel the same yeah. way. And what's funny about you saying that is when my first day working with Dean, um, Dean was like, Hey guys, you just want to drive to Sedona today. Yeah. <laughs> and so we drove to Sedona and it was me, Brian, Ryan, Jeremy, and Dean. Yep. Okay. And, uh, we're going up there and Ryan asks an interesting question. He goes, Hey Dean, what's your opinion on saving money? Mm -hmm. And Dean, I, I brought out my phone. So this audio is somewhere cause I recorded yeah. what he said. He went on like a 15 minute rant. He goes, I will never tell this to people on stage. Cause I think they would take it wrong, but he's like, if you want to make more money, spend your fucking money. Yeah, for sure. Million <laughs> He's percent. like, if you spend it, you're going to get more hungry. Yep. And he said, the example he gave was when he was in his 20s and he was crushing it, yep. he would spend money on a private jet to go party in Miami for, sure. for the weekend. Yeah. And when he got to Miami and he was in the club, he realized, oh, I want the table because that's where yeah. all the, the high status people yeah. are. And so he's like, next time I'm going to go to Miami and get a table this time. Mm -hmm. And so he just constantly spent more money and it made him hungrier to make more. For sure. And I, and feel I like agree most with people, that. That's not mainstream, you know. No, nah, mainstream is minimalism, right? Like being minimalist, and that's cool. Like I'm not hate. I'm not a hater, right? Like I, I think minimalism's cool. At the same time, um, I do think there's something to be said about like when you're minimalist, you're training your subconscious, essentially that like you, like in a certain way, you're training your subconscious that so, like it, you're you're always like living out of like a lack and not of abundance, right? Mm -hmm. And so the problem with that is like you have to have an abundance mindset, I think, to really do it big. Now, I think you could be a minimalist, make a few million dollars, maybe even, I don't know, five, $10 million. I don't think you're going to get to a hundred million being a minimalist. You know, you got to own stuff. You yeah. got to hire people, right? Yeah. You got to build shit. Like if you want to make a lot of money, 
right? Like you got to go, you got to go balls to the wall. Like there's no being a minimalist involved in, in having a company with 150 employees. Yeah. Like there's nothing minimalist about that, right? Like you got to go all in, you know what mm. I mean? So I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, I think maybe be a minimalist in the beginning, right? Learn, learn money, maybe like learn finances and learn like, okay, how to, how to save money, how to invest, how to, you know, open a Roth IRA or a 401k or whatever, right? You know, how to invest in real estate, how to, you know what I mean? But at some point you got to go, you got to switch gears right. and you got to go the other direction a little bit. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I don't like, I've made a lot of money mistakes and if it wasn't for those mistakes, I wouldn't be where I'm at. What are some of those mistakes? I'm just overspent. I mean, all honesty, you know what I mean? Like there's been a lot of times in my life where I've made great money and blew all of it. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I'm I, millions of dollars, you know, I'm not talking about like a small amount of money. Right. And um, and I'm, and I like, I'm neutral on that statement, by the way, like I'm not proud of it. I'm not, not proud of it. Right. Like I think that everything happens for a reason and it taught me exactly, you know, what, what I know today, which is like, what is allowing me to do it bigger and, and do it faster and better and stronger, you know, the mm -hmm. whole nine. Yeah. So when you get, first got started in real estate, was it investing in real estate or selling real estate? Um, I got started investing first when I was 18. I actually got started wholesaling. So wholesaling, are you familiar with wholesaling at all? Like real estate? A little bit from what I've heard when I worked with yeah. Dean. So all it really is where you just like, you're getting the property under contract with the seller and as like the buyer. So you're like the buyer in that scenario. And then before you actually close on that property, before you actually buy the property, you flip the contract to another buyer. So you're just like the middleman. You're never actually buying the property, right? And then you're making like a finder's fee, which is like a wholesale fee. Um, so I did that for probably seven or eight months. And then eventually I got into like flipping properties. And then I got my real estate license and started actually like representing like buyers and sellers. And now I do all of it. Mm. Yeah. So you have your own company. Is it under one of these like Keller Williams or mm -hmm. something like that? Okay. Yeah. So like I, I, not Keller Williams, a different brokerage called my home group. Um, really good friends like the broker. So essentially to be a real estate agent, you have to hang your license with a broker. I could go be a broker. I have really no interest in it. The margins are really thin and there's a lot of liability for such thin of a margin. Um, so instead I build a real estate team essentially, which is just where, you know, you have a team of agents underneath the brokerage. And then I'm an agent obviously also. And then I have, you know, the, the investment company where we do like the wholesaling still, and then we'll like fix and flip properties. And we're looking to like buy a bunch of rental properties right now also. Got it. So what's like the, the long-term thing that you're working towards now? Wealth, dude, like indestructible wealth, you know, indestructible companies, um, give back, you know, like there's so much involved, right? Like, you, you know, you probably know, but like, you know, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, I want to build teams of people. I love building teams. Um, but I think just like reach the masses, you know, be massive on social media, provide value, you know, give back to the world. Um, at the same time, like make a lot of money, build cool companies, do cool stuff, you know? And, um, it's like in real estate, I'd love to own, I mean, Grant Cardone owns 10,000 properties, Wow. you know? So he owns a he has a billion dollars worth of real estate, wow. you know? And he really did that in the last decade. Cause then you look at 08, he went bankrupt essentially. I don't know if he actually went bankrupt, but he was like dead. He was broke pretty much. It was what he says, right? Yeah. It's his words, not mine. And, um, so it basically in 10 years, he, he did everything that you, that people see today, you know? So I think it, it, you know, I think somebody could probably do it in seven years if they really, I think it, yeah, same thing in, in seven years, if they really put their head down and, and did it. Yeah. Because so. I mean, they have a model to follow yeah. and yeah. so you can essentially it's, time collapse. It's been done. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like the guy that ran the five minute mile, you know yeah. what I mean? Now, as soon as that one guy did it, everybody else is like, Oh, it can be done. Hell yeah. Yeah. So for you is like the social media, cause obviously you got a pretty large Instagram. Mm -hmm. You said you're getting back into posting on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and then the YouTube, I'm sure you're also getting into the YouTube stuff. So with the, all that stuff, 
I, obviously that isn't directly correlated to the real estate mm -hmm. or maybe it is. So what's kind of the goal with that for you? You know, I think with like social media and marketing in general, everything's marketing, right? So like when you look at any industry, it doesn't matter whether you're a Shopify, Amazon, you know, um, you're in, you know, relationship, you know, coaching, you're doing real estate insurance. It doesn't matter, right? You're, you're a marketer at the end of the day. Right. And so I think if you can dominate marketing and you can figure that out, then ultimately whatever the vehicle is, is it will come easier, right? Because you've, you've gotten the first concept down, which is the marketing part of it. You've got to get in front of people. And, um, and I think that it can't hurt to get everybody in the world to know who you are. So it doesn't matter what you do and it doesn't necessarily even immediately have to directly provide an ROI, but I would tell anybody and everybody to like get into marketing, right? Figure out how to be a marketer, figure out how to build a personal brand, figure out how to get big on social media, because if you can't figure that out, it is going to be difficult to build a company, right? Can you go build a brick and mortar company without having, uh, without being the face of it. Yeah. I mean, people do it all the time, right? You look at, you know, a lot of like drop shippers, right? They're not the face of the product. The product is like its own thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're still a marketer and you being the face of a personal brand can't hurt you. So mm -hmm. I, the way that I look at it is when I look at social media, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever, I don't, I can't find or think of a, of a reason not to get big, right? I think only good things will come out of that. And I think if you can manage doing that and doing your main hustle, right, whatever actually makes you the money initially, then do both. Because eventually, you know, the amount of people you can meet, look at us, right? We got connected through a guy, Clark, right? Clark Eagley. And, um, I met Clark Kegley. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? How do you actually pronounce it? Uh, Kegley. Kegley. Yeah. I just thought I think, about Kegels. When I think, you said that. I think I biffed that in our, in our interview with him too. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so, you know, I met him through Instagram, right? But I found him on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Then I met him. I hit him up on Instagram because he had uh, less followers there. I figured I, he would he would notice me better there. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, But anyways, you know, social media. I mean, I was talking to a, a partner of mine last night. It's like everybody in our office, we've pretty much met through, in one way or another, social media, right? And, um, and so that's kind of why we do it. You know, I don't know that I have like an exact... Like, oh, I want to, you know, get a million subscribers and then I want to do this, this, and this. You know, it's not, it's not really like that for me. It's more like just provide value, 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 value. Mm -hmm. And I think if I provide enough value to the world, I'll, I'll gain the following, yeah. you know, per se. And then through that, you know, I'll get to meet more cool people like you, yeah. get to be on more podcasts, and then ultimately just have more opportunity. And with more opportunity, you know, um, I'll be more knowledgeable, have more wisdom. And then with all of that, I'll be able to start more companies. I'll be able to do more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What interests me about, about meeting someone like you, um, is I feel like your strategy is different than what I've felt like I I'm capable of right sure. in the past. I, and I think it's just a different strategy because you, you start a company and then you're, you're doing social media, you got a podcast, you got a different YouTube channel, you got a different company, you're doing real estate. And me, I'm like, yo, if I divide my focus, I won't get anything sure. done. So like, is that something that you feel like is just your personality or is it something you've had to work on yourself? Like what motivates yeah. you to just start another thing and another thing and another thing? Yeah. I mean, I love the question. I think, um, for me, I'm in my heart, like I'm a serial entrepreneur. It's very, what does that mean when you say that? I, I think it means that like, I, um, probably like the best way to describe it would be like, I, I can't slow down ever. Like when I slow down, I'm depressed. Like, honestly, like if yeah. I, if I, if I chill and watch Netflix for like an hour, I'm, I genuinely feel like a failure. Like mm. I could have millions of dollars in liquid cash in my checking account, watch Netflix for an hour and feel like a total failure. Mm. Right. And so, you know, for me, it's more about like the, the moving, right? Like I got to go, I got to go, 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 go all the time. 
And if I'm only doing one or two things, it doesn't keep me busy enough, right? I got to be busy. I got to go. Yeah. And, and so, and I don't start like a new thing all the time. Um, you know, I, I try like, so I've, so to your, to your question, I guess I, I have had to work on that. Right. Because if I just said yes to every opportunity, that's not good either. Like, I don't want to, you don't want to do that either. Right. Mm. You don't there. And so for me, I, I gotta be very careful. I can't, I can't spread myself too thin. Mm. And I think what has allowed me to do what I'm able to do is it's just my team, bro. Like honest and truly, like if, if, if I didn't have the team that I had, I wouldn't be able to do 10% of what I do mm. like straight up, right? Like a hundred times out of a hundred, you know what I mean? So you know, I think if you want to do more than one thing, you just have to have a good team. You know, you can't do it by yourself. You yeah. just can't, right? Like it's not going to happen, right? And so, you know, that's why as you think like starting with one thing, I think Gary Vee talks about it, right? And there's even a book called like The One Thing, yeah. you know, I think it's even a real estate book. Mm. But, um, but you it's know- written by Keller Williams. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, it was, yeah. I haven't read it in a long time, but I, I, I knew it was like some somebody like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, at the end of the day, like I think that that concept is valid, right? I think in the beginning- as an entrepreneur, you should do one thing. Cause I think if right off the bat, like you try to do seven different things, you're going to fail. Yeah. Right? Like it's too difficult. You know what I mean? But I think if you master one thing, you start making revenue, right. And you've got revenue coming in, you have enough revenue to hire somebody that's really good that you can delegate a lot of that work to. Yeah. Um, then, you know, that kind of serves a dual purpose. Now you're contributing to society, right? You're getting to feed another family. Mm. Um, you're getting to delegate, right. You're getting to learn the actual art of entrepreneurship, and, and then how that all works. And then you're able to kind of pivot and focus a little bit of your energy, even if it's 10% or 20% of your energy on a new venture, a new project or whatever, yeah. that maybe even goes hand in hand with your first thing that you're doing, right? You know, if you look at my life, I have, you know, two real estate companies, an ATM company, which is essentially real estate, if you look at it, right? I own the, the real estate and, oh, and I control the paperwork, right? Got it. It's just real estate is all it is. And then I do marketing, right? So in a nutshell, I do real estate and marketing. So it's not like I own a uh, um, you know a restaurant and a and a and a real estate company yeah. and like a you know an aquarium right where I sell like goldfish and stuff like that. You know I I, I try to be very careful of what I take on right. But but it is the team. So sorry for the long answer. Um, to anybody and to you or whoever right that that is looking to like do it really big, just like get good people, man. Yeah. I guess the best thing is the hardest thing too, by the way, to do. Like you'll never do. Anything. I was going to yeah. ask you that. I was going to yeah. be my follow up because that's been my struggle is finding competent people who are good, but who are also motivated to work for me. Right. And I guess my experience of building the team is something that I, it's probably the next skill I'm working on is building my team out. Um, but I've had different people, like I went through three video editors in one month last year because yeah. n just none of them were paying any attention to the detail the way that I would. And I felt like even that's kind of a mistake, mm -hmm. like doing it the way that I would, which is something that I had to learn the hard way. Right. And then the boot camp I t kind of briefly mentioned, I had a whole team and we all went out to a team dinner afterwards. And it was just like, they were there working for me basically right. that weekend. And then I had a closer and that was essentially it. And then like someone to help me like with the assistant stuff. But I wouldn't have been able to do the boot camp without right. the team, right? But for me, it's like, how do you find the good quality people? Is it that you just pay for them or where do you look for them? And I, and I almost wonder, like, did you get good at building teams because of your recruiting experience from MLM? Wow. Yeah. Really fire questions, by the way. Um, I love the questions you're asking. You know, I think, man, I mean, look, here's the thing. Like we talked about in the beginning, right? Success for me has not been linear. So I, I, to this very day, to be very clear, I still make a lot of mistakes, even with this particular subject, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I definitely am not perfect. Um, I will say I've hired hundreds and hundreds of people, Got you know it. what I mean? If not, yeah, like, like for sure, hundreds and hundreds. So, um, and a lot of mistakes have happened through that process. Right. I think, I think for me, like 
paying them is definitely something I think you can do. You can, you can outpay your competition. And what you can do there, it, by the way, you'll be really uncomfortable when you do this. So if you decide to do it this way, you can do it this way. You will be uncomfortable in the beginning, right? Because you're actually going to be overpaying for, um, and you're probably not going to really have the revenue at the time, right? Because you're going to need somebody before you're like, and it's always that like weird like time, right? It's probably at the phase where I'm at sure. right now. Yeah, and it's, and it's really difficult. You're like, you're, you're trying to figure it out. You're like, well, I could just like outsource it to a VA or I could like, you know, you're trying to make this decision. But at the end of the day, it, it isn't easy. I will say if you do pay a lot of money, um, you can get talent that'll bring a lot of value to you that you never even thought existed. So I've hired people before where, um, you know, they had, they were so good in just life and whatever area, you know, that I was looking to hire in that they brought so much value to me. I didn't even know that existed. Like I'll, I'll hire people where, you know, they, they will be like, they'll, they'll come to the table with the table. And it's like, you know, I wasn't even expecting that. Right. So mm. there is something to be said about that. And I think that is a, a really good way to do it. I think not paying people enough is definitely look at the end of the day, we live in a world powered by an economy, right? It, right. All, all monetary, you know, everything that we do is monetary, right? Everything, you know, it's, it's, it's the exchange of money. You know, that's just the reality of the world we live in. So, uh, you know, if you don't pay a, enough money, you know, people aren't gonna, they're, they're eventually going to get, they're going to be over it. Right. Yeah. If you overpay, you know, people are going to struggle leaving you, right? Because even if they're, they're, there's something they don't like, or maybe the environment's not quite on point, or maybe, you know, whatever the case is, you know, they're going to look at their paycheck and they're going to have a hard time leaving you. Yeah. Right. And now, and I'm not saying that like, take that for what it's worth. Right. Um, but, but, you know, I do think there is something to be said about there and, and genuinely like hooking people up, like making it a win-win. Right. Mm. You know, I mean, other than that, man, like I just think finding good people in general, you know, that are, that have integrity, that, that do the right thing. Like that's all I really look the for right anymore. Values. The right values. Yeah. Like if they don't have the same values as you, it's not going to work. I've hired so many people where they were great at sales. So they were great on the phone, you know what I mean? Right. But their values weren't there, unfortunately, right? doesn't make them bad people. Their values just didn't align with our values. And they were great on the phone. They were great at sales. But ultimately, a lot of times they had an ulterior motive or they just didn't last long in general. They wanted to go do their own thing. They wanted to go become my competition, right? And that's not always a bad thing. But at the end of the day, you're trying to build a company, right? You're not trying to train your competition, yeah. you know? So... Um, yeah, I think finding people that have good values, good morals, you'll ultimately, hopefully your retainment, like you'll be able to retain a lot of those people, right? Your retention rate, I guess you might say. That's yeah. one of the things that, and I, I'd be interested to hear your take on it because I noticed that, and uh, Dean obviously knows a lot about business, but if I could say one thing that I wasn't sure if it was the right decision, because when he hired me, he started talking about like, here's my hiring process. Right. And he would pro talk about it at his masterminds. And his, his strategy was finding entrepreneurial people. And long story short, <clears throat> the people who he hired entrepreneurial were me, Ryan mm -hmm. and Brian. And all of us are not, no longer working sure. for him and we're off crushing it on our own. But we went into the job knowing it was a stepping stone, sure. right? And I almost wonder, is it bad to hire someone like that who is entrepreneurial? Because at the end of the day, I don't believe everybody should be an entrepreneur and I don't think everybody's got, got the guts to do it. Right. Yep. And so, um, at the end of the day, do you even want to hire people who have that kind of aspiration? I personally don't think so. Right. So I, you know, if, if you're watching this Dean, I'm sorry, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, I don't think so. I, I, I thought so for a long time. I thought, you know, I'm going to hire people for my Instagram, right? I'm going to hire people that know who I am. And I've honestly found that a lot of the people that know who I am aren't good employees. 
Yeah. If they follow me, I don't want to, I don't want you to be my employee. Mm. As a matter of fact, if you follow Grant Cardone, I don't want you to be my employee. If you follow Gary Vee, I don't want you to be my employee. I really don't. I, I want, if I'm just looking for like an employee, right. That, that, and that's not a bad thing, by the way. Like I don't a, like yeah. you, you can, be, I know employees that make a crap ton of money. Yeah. So like, I, I, you know, pe people need to look, understand that like being an employee is not a bad thing. You know what I mean? If anything, like in a lot of scenarios, it's, it's, it's great. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but I don't think so, man. I think you got to hire people that want to be an employee. Mm. They, 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 and they, and they're passionate about that. Right. They like the steady income. Right. And they, they see your vision, right? That's crucial. They have to see your vision and they have to want to help you build your vision. Mm. And I would almost just be straight up with people about that. Right. In the very beginning, like, you know, what, what do you, and, and, and ask questions that lead to that answer so that you know, you're not hiring the wrong person. Yeah. Say, Hey, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Look, if they tell you that they want to own their own company in five or 10 years, they're probably not a good employee, unfortunately. Right. And, and, and so find people that, um, I, in my opinion, right. I, I've failed every single time I've tried to hire an entrepreneurial type of employee. Every single time they leave me, and uh, ultimately, the, all the, the training and the support and everything that I give them, yeah. um, it, it's not like time wasted. I don't want to say it's like time wasted because I like helping people and stuff like that, right? But at the end of the day, it is kind of like a step back when you're just trying, all you're trying yeah. to do is like build a company, right? Like, and it's hard when you got to train somebody new all the time. So yeah. um, I, I wouldn't hire entrepreneurial people. I, I totally agree with that. And I guess now that I'm kind of trying to put myself in the, the mindset of whoever we're hiring... I almost think for the people who are happy being the the, the employee, mm -hmm. my parents, perfect examples. My mom is in her 60s and she just wants a steady paycheck. For she sure. wants security and comfort. And me, it, when I even when I was working for Dean, I think that's the key difference is when I was there, I felt like I was holding myself back. Mm -hmm. I was wasting time and this, the steady paycheck was just keeping me small. Yep. And it's like now I'm not even looking forward to showing up to work, you know? And so <laughs> sure. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I couldn't agree more really. I mean, you got to find people that, um, yeah, that want, that want the steady pet. My grandma's the same way. You know what I mean? She, you couldn't pay her to be an entrepreneur. What does she think about your lifestyle? She loves it. She okay. loves it. I grew up with my grandparents, you know, so they, they're, they're supportive. They love it, you know, but, um, but you know, she, she doesn't understand it. She doesn't, none of that, right? They're supportive, but they don't get it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, especially not her, you know? So I just think, yeah, find, find people that, that, that want to work, man, that want to come in at, at eight or nine in the morning and leave at five or six, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and, you know, they're cool with that and they want to do that for the next five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. Right. And, and, and then, you know, allow them to grow. I think, I think with, with employees, it's, it's understanding, okay, do they want to be an employee? Are they an employee? Right? Like maybe even given like, um, I've, I've used like disc profile tests and stuff What's in the past. What's your opinion on the disc profile I like it. Test? I think it's good. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's good as long as they're not like cheating. I mean, for me, if, if, if you were an employer and I really wanted a job with you, I, I would, I, I'm too good for the disc profile test. I, I don't mean that like in an ego way, but like I, I'll, I will tell you what you want to hear to get the job. Right. Right. Um, you know, but m most people won't do that. Right. Most people will just answer it honestly you know, whatever. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, do, do that. Right. And, and, and see, you know, what they want out of life and then, um, and then kind of paint this picture for them of, look, you know, you can achieve, um, uh, you know, success building, you know, your or my or whoever's dream, right. You, you know, you're, and I'm going to start you at 20 grand a year, 30 grand a year, 40, 50 grand a year, whatever the number is, but, you know, paint this picture of like, look, 
you know, you could eventually be a COO of my company or you could do this or you could do that. You'd be like a marketing director. Or you could be whatever. And, and you could make yeah. 80, 100, 200 grand a year because they can. Right. Yeah. And I think painting that picture for them allows them to be their own creative without having to go create it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like they can be a creative inside of your organization. Yeah. Right. And, and, and they'll take pride in that. And they'll, they'll actually, you'll, you'll, what you'll find is you can get employees that go above and beyond. You can find employees that'll stay late and show up early because they feel like they're contributing to something that will actually impact their pay and their long-term lifestyle without actually having to own the company. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, so in the last year I've had technically like two different assistants. So the first one who he, he was my closer, helped me sell the boot camp and stuff. Um, he actually had to go back to take care of his mom because his mom had some health issues and he actually brought me Chris, which yeah. is pretty dope. Very cool. Um, and that's Chris could, would be the first one to tell you I talk nonstop and I'm always just, I have no filters. So what's going on up here is coming out, you For know? Sure. Yep. <laughs> and so, uh, with me, I'm always, I'm like you, I'm always thinking about my business. What's next? What's next? What do I do? How do I grow? And so for him, he's always hearing my vision and he's so bought into it. Same with James. They get so bought into the vision to where it becomes fun. And even like you mentioned the time thing for me, probably the last two weeks since I started the podcast, I've been going nonstop from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep and I don't even want to go to sleep. And for me, it's like, I don't even think about time. And I'm sure even for Chris, he's here longer than most typical employees would be here because he's trying to help me build this cool thing that we're trying to build. And guys like that, man, like, you know, dude, they'll they'll achieve all their dreams. Because the thing is, as long as their dream fits inside of your dream, you're good. Mm. It's a win-win, right? So the entrepreneur's dream just has to be big enough for all of the employees' dreams to fit inside of the entrepreneur's dream. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, your employees can all make eventually 100 grand, 200 grand, 300 grand, whatever the number is. Because your goal is to do 10 million. You yeah. see what I mean? So it's just understanding that metric and, and painting that picture for people, right? And, and I sell the dream to my people every single day. Yeah. And I tell them every single day, you know, here, here's, you know, my dream. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'll never quit. I'll never give up. Yeah. And therefore, as long as everybody works hard, the sky is the limit, right? And, and, and there will be doors that open up that we can't even see right now that maybe roles that get created that they can fill that we don't even know are available. They yeah. haven't even, it hasn't even happened yet. Right. You hearing this, Chris, <laughs> but, but, but exactly. But I tell them that and they're, and they're just like you, right. They're bought in and that is a truly great thing because it is true. And, and, and there's nothing I love more than stroking the check to my people and to my employees. Mm. I, I I'll stroke their check way before I'll go take my check to the bank yeah. every single day. hundred percent. You know what I mean? I, I relate to that just because of one experience I had selling the boot camp last year the moment I paid James, who was closing for me, 6K all at once, I would, and that was just like his second payment for that month. That was actually, I felt better than he did probably right. in that moment. Because sure. I was like, yo, I can actually do this and pay this guy a lot of money yeah. for to, to work for me. Isn't that cool? It's so Such dope. a good feeling, dude. There's nothing better than like serving other people, man. I mean, you know, I, I've done a lot of cool things and, uh, it, you know, it feels cool for a moment, right? And, and whatever, you buy a cool car, a cool watch, go on a cool vacation, but... There's nothing better than watching your team hit their goals. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's the dream that you sell? What are you trying to build with your real estate company? Like what's the dream? I mean, with my traditional real estate company, I want to be number one. You know what I mean? I want to be number one in Arizona. I I want to do, yeah, I want to do 500 million a year just in Arizona, you know, $500 million a a year worth of real estate. You know, my wholesaling company, I want to do a hundred deals a month. So I'm going to do over a thousand deals a year. 
Um, and then with like fix and flips and stuff, you know, I want to do, you know, I want to do a fix and flip a week. I mean, I want to just like go all in, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And for so sure. you have a team working on the fix and flips. Mm-hmm, for yeah. You? My, my fix and flip team is more of like, they're like, and it's like more of an external team. You know, they're just like the contractors and stuff. So I'm, you know, they're a little bit different cause they're just kind of like, that's like, they're kind of, they're doing, you know, they're working for multiple other people also. Mm. Um, it's more of like the wholesaling and the traditional, I, I would say like the real estate stuff. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Like the agents and then like, you know, the acquisitions people and the lead managers and the dispositions people, stuff like that. Got it. Yeah. Um, when you were young, did you play a lot of sports growing up? I didn't actually. I mean, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I played soccer. I played like not any like major stuff. I, I, I like fooled around a little bit when I was like younger, younger Yeah. soccer, t-ball, baseball, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but not, not in like high school. I actually uh, got like a bunch of knee problems. So I had a couple, a couple of knee surgeries. So it was kind of hard for me to play sports when I got a little bit older. What caused the knee problems? Random, you know, random. I don't, I don't really know. I fell off a ladder when I was probably like 13 or 14 years old. And then ever since then, I just kept dislocating my knee. And then uh, I just had to get like surgeries and stuff. So I'd never really got into it, which is probably a good thing in all reality. I'm such like an entrepreneurial mind that playing sports probably for me would have just been distracting Mm. in all honesty. Yeah. You know, what do you think? what was the moment? Like, cause I'm curious what caused, like, again, I, I'm fascinated yeah. with what causes someone to develop that, their personality in that yeah. way. And I know for me, I have like a chip on my shoulder just because my whole life I felt like I was the kid who was the fat kid or the, right. the person that got picked last. And so I would always try to prove myself. Mm. Um, eventually now it's like proving my, like not proving myself to others, but now it's like, I am capable. Therefore I should do it. Right. Right. Uh, but, it started with me trying to lose weight to be a basketball yeah. player, me trying to um, get into dental school, all these things. But what was that for you? You know? Yeah. I mean, it was probably, I don't think about that actually too much. A great question. It was probably proving myself also, you know, I yeah. think um, like, I do think that there are entrepreneurs out there that start like a company that they're passionate about and they go off to sell it, you know, for a hundred million dollars, you know, whatever. Right. And, and that's cool. Um, I also think there's other entrepreneurs that just, you know, in the beginning, they, they just want to get rich, dude. Yeah. Like they just want to get wealthy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Right. So for me, I just wanted to be wealthy, man. I mean, I, you know, I had a lot of family members that were wealthy that, that were, um, very selfish. So I never got anything. I never saw anything. I never, none of that. Right. And, uh, and I was just wanted to be like them, but not be like them. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I wanted to prove to them that I could do it, I think. And, um, but I didn't want to be them. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have the same characteristics that they had. So I think I just wanted to prove like to the world that I could do it. And, uh, and I think still to this day, like there is, I do have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, you know, I, I do want to prove to the world that I can do it. Not that I really care about their opinion, but more along the lines of like, I just want to prove to them I can do it. And then if you like it, cool. If you don't like it, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also to myself, you know, I think now, you know, you start getting a little bit older and it's like, you know, you want to challenge yourself. You want to do new things. You want to, you know, just like conquer new stuff. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of that there too. And then, you know, you get to a point where you want to help people and yeah. you know, a lot kind of comes into play as you start kind of going through the motions. I mean, and I'm still learning, right. I mean, I, I, I've, um, you know, like I always thought that where, if I was where I'm at right now, like I'd be like, you know, just like this perfect, happy individual. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not perfect. There's, I have bad days. Um, there's days where, you know, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do what, you know, what I, what I do, but, um, but I do it anyways, you know, and I, and I'm still working through different things just like anybody else. I think that's yeah. the main thing to remember is like, you know, you're never going to get there. It's never, it's not a destination. 
the yeah. whole it's just a journey yeah. you know what i mean that's kind of what i was curious to hear your opinion on as well is like obviously you've made a lot of money in your first 25 years yeah. of life more than most people will make in their entire lives uh but have you reached a point to where you realize that however much money you have millions and millions more it doesn't necessarily correlate to more happiness and what's kind of your thoughts on the happiness yeah. aspect of all that yeah, man. I mean, I think I think to a certain degree, like money can buy certain things that'll make you happy. Mm. But I think happiness in itself it is not a like. I, f I feel like people look at happiness and it's and they they think of it more as like um uh, a continuous state of mind, right? Or, or a state of being. And I don't think that's the case. I think happiness is temporary. And um, even the happiest people in the world, you know, you, you'll be. Ha it's like. It's like a moment of joy. It's a, it's a moment of, it's like, it's like a short duration of time. Right. But even, even Tony Robbins, I mean, I, I guarantee you, right. If you, if you talk to him, he'll tell you that, you know, um, that he has bad days. He had, yeah. and maybe it's not a bad day for him anymore. He's probably like really quick at like snapping out yeah. of it, but I guarantee you, dude, he'll go at like an hour. Right. Where it's just like, you know, it's rough. You know what I mean? Something bad happens, whatever. So I don't know, man, I think, I, I, I don't think there's true like long-term happiness. I do think that um, you, you know, you can have more moments of joy. Yeah. You can be happier more often. Yeah. You can be more optimistic. You can look at life like life is happening for you and not to you. And, um, and that will ultimately allow you to, to experience more moments of happiness, ultimately more than, you know, moments of sadness or, or depression or anxiety or whatever. Yeah. And then to the point about the money thing. Yeah. I mean, I've made a lot of money. I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't feel like I've made a lot of money. But, right. but like, obviously, like but your yeah, long term goal, you're, that, you're on, you know. yeah, you're always comparing, you know, to something. But, um, I, I, I think from here, the next like big milestone is probably like 10 million or more like liquid, like assets, yeah. you know, um, like at one given time, right. you know, not like 10 million total, but like at one time, like in cash. Yeah. In the bank. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or like in assets, you know what I mean? That's kind of like my next goal. I don't think a lot of change at that goal either. Um, past that, maybe like a hundred million, you could buy like a jet, you know, Got you it. can buy like a couple of, like you could have like a first, second and third home, you yeah. know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, we do deals all the time, man, where like, I look at the deal and like we, I did a deal the other night We were I was out grabbing a drink with my buddy and somebody sent us like multiple six figures. Um, and, uh, and I just like, it didn't, it didn't phase me at all. You know, I, I was like, and, and I don't say that, right? Like I say almost to impress upon people, yeah. right? That like, you know, wherever you're at in life, understand that like it, it the whole thing is a journey. Yeah. Because for so long, man, I thought that when I was where I'm at right now, I would be like happy. Right. And Or like, you know, like, again, like this like magical fairy tale land, you get right? You sold the dream. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just not true, man. Like it doesn't actually change anything. Like it really, I mean, sure, like you, you get a cool watch and drive a cool car or whatever, but like even that stuff, man, like, it's just temporary. Yeah. You know, it comes and it goes. Right. Mm. And so I don't know. I hope that answered your question. I, the, well, the reason I wanted to hear your take on that is because, um, you know, one thing that really stood out to me is like, you're talking about, I just want to be wealthy. I want to be wealthy. And I, I was telling Clark about mm -hmm. this. I had a dream that I was convinced was real yep. because it was so vivid to me. It was, I don't know, it was like a year ago or so, uh, that I had won a billion dollars. And in the dream, have you ever heard like in your dreams, you're not able to read things. It's like a sign. Yeah. Mark. Yeah. So I thought this dream was real because in the dream I had won a billion dollars just by chance. And I, I looked at the little ticket that they handed me and it said mega millions mm -hmm. on top of it. Maybe it was because it was a logo. I could read it in my dream, yeah. but 
in my opinion, I was like, this can't be a dream because I'm reading this thing right now and it says mega millions. So I woke up the, that morning and in my dream, here's here's how crazy it was. I had already lived out months, if not years of being a billionaire. Wow. Right. And so I had gone through the emotions of having won it in my dream and I woke up instant depression and sadness like oh fuck this isn't real like yeah, yeah. it was kind of like uh, i heard when the movie avatar came out people committed suicide because they realized their life would never be like the avatar mm -hmm. world and so it was kind of like one of those like fuck i didn't actually win a right. billion dollars and so i was like how crazy would it be if i looked up the mega millions lotto right now and it was at a billion dollars yeah. so i google it and it's like four in the morning and i'm like Holy shit. It was at a billion dollars. Yeah. It's like the first time in a long time that it had done that. So I went and bought a lottery ticket and I was convinced this is a sign I'm going to yep. win. And I'm not even big on the law of attraction Appreciate stuff, it. but I was convinced I, I had already won it. And so what I realized, cause Clark asked me, this is why I, I told him about it. He's like, what's your number? If you had a number where you'd be like, all right, I'm done. I'm yep. just going to chill. I realized that even when I had processed being a billionaire, I was already scheming what I would do next to For make sure. more, <laughs> you sure. know? Yeah, you're an entrepreneur, right? You're, you're, you, you can't, dude, money's just like the byproduct, man. You know what I mean? It just, ha it just so happens that like when you, you know, do what we do, you make money. Mm. But it's, a, you know, one, once you have a little bit of that, you realize that and you realize that money doesn't change anything. I work way harder than I do now than I did back then, you know? And, and that's not going to change anytime soon, right? It's not ever going to change. If I... I would be, I could have a hundred million in the bank right now, dude, I'd still be doing this podcast. Yeah. It wouldn't even affect anything, right? Like it just wouldn't because um, it, like what difference does it make, right? What are you going to do? What do you, I mean, like, come on, there's only so much you can do, you know? So um, I don't know. That's just my take, but I completely agree with that. I think, yeah. I think that it's, it's the, the art of like the, the win. It's a hustle. It's the, the victory. It's like the hunt almost mm. even, it's almost even more the hunt than anything, right? Like the hunt is almost more, fun than the kill yeah. the kill is cool it's like oh okay but that last it's like so temporary right right the hunt is like this long process got it that ends up being enjoyable you know i think the better question to rephrase what clark said yeah. would be like what is the fulfillment moment for sure. you right for me like i don't think it's related to money because like you said money's a man-made thing and the economy itself is man-made to have money and control people and keep them as employees and keep the things moving and keep right. our systems going right but it's all man-made creations it sure. was thought up in someone's head and so when i think about that now i'm thinking okay let's not think about what's the number let's think about what's the lifestyle that i want to live yeah i mean i think the lifestyle is being able to do whatever you want whenever you want with whoever you want without even having to think about it right right i don't want to look at I don't, you know, I think there's actually a study. We, we could probably Google it, but I think there's a, uh, an article where like, uh, and don't quote me on this. I think like 80% or 90% of Americans, when they go out to eat, they don't look at the food first. They look at the price. Mm. Right. I used, like, to, let, I used let, to relate to that for let sure. Let that sink in. Right. Yeah. When, when you go out to eat, are you looking at the food or are you looking at the price next to the food? Mm. Right. So I don't want to live a life where my family and my kids and my wife are, are trained to look at the price. Got it. Right? I, I want to I want them to make me a menu that doesn't have the price on it. Mm -hmm. Because I want to order what I want to order without looking at anything, right? That's the lifestyle I want to live. You know, if I want to go somewhere, if I see a cool picture of a cool place, a cool, you know, uh, island or some exotic place, I just want to go. Right? I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about like, oh man, can I afford that? Can I not afford that? Maybe I should stay in the smaller one. You know, maybe we should, you know, we'll go like on the weekend because then if we go on the weekend, you know, we got an excuse to kind of be gone for a couple of the days and we can squeeze like the Friday and the Monday. Right. You know, right. I, no, like if I want to go on Tuesday morning, 
I'm going to go on Tuesday morning, right? Like, let's rock and like roll. when Dean was like, let's yeah. go to Sedona today. That's exactly right. And so, you know, I think that to me is the ultimate lifestyle, being able to do what I want, whenever I want with whoever I want, being able to help the the people and the causes, the charities, whatever that yeah. I see, like, I, f- I feel the, the kind of the urge to help them, mm. you know, without having to think about it, right? So it's like, if my church needs money, I want to be able to write them a sign a blank check mm. and let them fill out the amount, right? Got it. And, and so that's kind of like my vision is just like, money's really not even a thought of my imagination. Got it. It, it's more, um, I, I, I do what I love to do, right? I get to build companies. I get to solve problems. I get to be a serial entrepreneur. And as a result of that, I really get to truly have that freedom that everybody talks about, right? And um, and that doesn't mean that I'm gonna go, you know, chill on a beach for a year. Right. It just means that if I wanted to, I could. Got it. It's it's more of the thought of it, right? It's more of that that the weight lifted off my shoulders, knowing that I could do it. Probably in knowing that I could do it, I almost probably wouldn't even do it. But the fact that I know that I could would allow me the freedom. Yeah. Mentally. So that's like grand scale like macro, right? Yep. Cause it's not going to be every day that you're writing checks to sure. charities. No. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe, yeah, <laughs> but like day to day. And the reason why I asked this is because part of the reason I started this podcast is I realized, all right, what am I doing on a day to day basis in my dating advice business? I'm writing email newsletters. I'm writing sales letters. I'm coming out with a new funnel. And sometimes I get so caught up in the work that I realize is this really what I signed up for? Right. (laughs) And, uh, and so I realized, all right, well, if I could start over from scratch, what would be my ideal lifestyle? And, you know, being a year ago, I was like, well, I love Joe Rogan's podcast. I think he lives the dope life. Mm -hmm. You know, he shows up, he has someone, he record everything. He doesn't worry about, he shows up, he talks to cool people. I was like, how dope would it be if I just had a thing to show up to twice, two, three times a week. And that's my thing. Yeah. Right. And so that's part of the reason why I started this podcast is because I'm thinking 20 years from now on the day to day, week to week, what am I doing that makes me most fulfilled? Right. And so what is that for you? You know, I think it's probably, I love inspiring people. It's probably like like my biggest passion, Mm. you know, whether that be a podcast or speaking on a stage, you mentioned like having a stage of people where you have like a thousand people, but there's 1200 or thousand people can fit 1200 show up. Right. You know, and, and the rush, the adrenaline rush of, you know, holding the microphone or being mic'd up or being in a podcast set or being, you know, on national television. But, but more than just that, like the, the knowing that, Hey, I'm changing people's lives through my voice. Like I get to share my testimony and that will ultimately change people's lives. I'm so passionate about that. You know, if I could do that every day, if I, even if it's just like, doesn't matter how it looks. Like if I show up to my office and I get to do like a team meeting, right. And I get to throw down, you know what I mean? And, and inspire my team to, to, you know, whatever. Right. Or, or if that's, you know, a big massive stadium sold out, you know, like Grant Cardone sold out the fricking whatever stadium, you know, um, that I think for me, or like even like Tony Robbins, how he does like the date with destiny and you know, all those different events. I think that's so cool. Like in my opinion, you know, I think being known for that is like the coolest thing in the world to me. Mm. And, and I aspire to do that right now, all the companies and everything will be that that'll be a, an automatic thing. Right. But it's like, you know, that's cool. But the inspiring of people is the coolest in my opinion. Got it. I like that's what I would do every day for sure. Yeah. Um, Fuck, I had a follow-up question, but I forgot. <laughs> do you have I any questions you. for me, bro? Dude, man, I mean, I just like 
what, what, what is your next, you know, you're doing the dating advice, right? And, and, and I've seen like, uh, Jason Cal, I don't know all the players in that industry actually, mm -hmm. but I know Jason capital. Um, he did that in like, I mean, back in the day, right. He pivoted uh, probably like three years yeah, ago at this yeah. point. Um, recently he tried to sell me an old sales letter of his uh -huh. for $150,000. I basically wrote him back and told him he's Still, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> and, uh, he, he's trying to make money. Oh yeah. You know he was, I, mean? I think he was trying to capitalize on the fact that I, he helped me like yeah. get started and I was like, bro, you ain't that cool. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah um, for sure. Um, fuck. Well, how do we get into this? I was just asking you, I was about to ask you, I was going to say like, what next for you in terms of like, you know, you're doing that. Obviously you're passionate about that, yeah. right? You have 27,000 subscribers. You right. started the podcast, you know, where are you, where are you taking this? I mean, where do you want this podcast to be? Where do you want, yeah. you know, your, your online stuff to be, you know, what, where's that going to lead? Right. For a while, uh, so the dating advice thing, I got to a point where I was making, is, it's not quite at seven figures, but it's multiple six, right? And my whole goal starting out, it, at first it was like, I'm gonna get to 1K a day, and then I'm gonna scale it up. And then I didn't even start getting any money in that business until I shifted my focus and I was like, all right, what if I just started providing results for people yeah. up front, you know? And so my, my book, the main funnel that we run ads to right now, it's a free plus shipping book, but I put, basically everything I know about attracting women into that book, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of people just get the book and never do business with me again, but a lot of them also message me, leave me a lot of testimonials because it's so valuable, yeah. right? And so when I realized it's about providing results, not about getting money, that's where I started actually making money, mm. which is ironic. And so for me in that business, I, obviously I'm in a relationship and I felt like, do I want to be the 55 year old guy talking about getting girls phone numbers mm -hmm. that you approach off the sidewalk? And I don't know the answer to this day. And so a lot of it, you know, we kind of the podcast is kind of what I came to because I went through a solid year where I was unsure if this was the long term thing. Mm -hmm. And it kind of came to a climax at my boot camp where I felt so fulfilled at the boot camp. I, have, I probably hadn't felt such gratitude and just joy in that in a moment mm. more so than when that boot camp was finished and I was taking the team out yep. to dinner that was such a special moment and for me I realized it wasn't the fact that I don't want to be a dating coach I love dating being dating advice I'm good at it I'm good at coaching it and I obviously know how to get results for people but I think long term, it's what what would make me more fulfilled on the day to day. What is my lifestyle? When I wake up, what do I do? What are my plans that day? What am I stressed out about that right. day? And for me, it was I want to have a show where I can talk about whatever I want mm -hmm. with whoever I want and do it however I want, right. you know, not and have the freedom to do that. And for me, it's an entrepreneurial thing. It's a business venture, but it's also something that makes me fulfilled. So I think this right here is it. the long term. Play. I love it. I love it. And it's, a, it's such a scalable thing too, right? Like when I look at this, I always tell people like on YouTube and like with podcasting and stuff, it's like, it's the only user generated content, you know, long form user generated content, like on the planet, right? Like YouTube and podcasting. Those are like the two. I love Instagram. I love all that, all that hundred percent. But like yeah. you look at YouTube and podcasting is like, you know, you don't need a big production company, big media team. You can eventually, but you don't need that, right? right. You get to like exactly what you say. You get to say what you want with who you want for however long you want. Right. And and you get to produce that, right? Like the whole thing, the, the, from the lighting to the set, to the to the roadcaster, to the mics, yeah. right? Like you get to figure out what I want my set to look like. Who do I want to bring on? You know what? And And I love that, right? Because you create your own future. You create how many people this is going to reach. It's all in the hands of you, you know, and everything up until this point has been, it hasn't been that way, right? TV wasn't that way. Radio, Netflix, you know, you got to go, you know, apply or you got to know somebody, you got to know the right person. You got to, 
you know? And it's just yeah. like, I think it's really cool times that we're living in. Yeah. And, um, props to you, bro. Props to you for doing this and, and having, you know, the, the mindset that you have, I think you're doing it from a very pure place. And I think for that reason, you get a lot of amazing people on here that'll hopefully inspire, you know, eventually millions of people. I would love to see that for you. Yeah. And I would love to have you on my podcast sometime. So yeah. we'll definitely oh, yeah. have to coordinate that as well. Dude, your set is on another level. <laughs> I appreciate that, set. bro. Um, I appreciate what that. I've seen. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I think I was talking to Caleb Maddox about this and Caleb, I, He's the other person who I've talked to recently mm -hmm. that I can remember who has a similar mindset to you to where I think Caleb is Caleb because he just simply thinks bigger than mm -hmm. most people. Mm -hmm. And that was like instantly what I realized when you were talking about that. I was like, oh, him and Caleb, mm -hmm. they think big. I love that. Yeah. I, I, we interviewed Caleb as well. I don't know if you knew that, but um, no, it was so cool interviewing him, man. He, he was like, he remind, he really does remind me of me when I was his age. You know, and I thought that that was so cool. He'll do it bigger than me for sure. You know what I mean? By the time he's 25, he'll be like rocking and rolling. So that'll be really cool to see. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, what, I just, it's always, I always think about that quote. It's like uh, the best time to plant a tree was, um, help me finish this quote. I think the best time to plant a tree was yes, or today. the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. Got it. The second best time is today. Got it. Yeah. And so I always think back on like the age thing and I was like, yo, if I got started when I was Caleb's age, but at the same time, I'm like, yo, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be the same person. Mm -hmm. I've gone through that moral like questioning of myself of like, right. if I could go back in time, go back to high school re with all the knowledge I have now about picking up chicks, I'd be <laughs> way more successful <laughs> right. with women, um, about confidence, getting out of your own head and, and just like putting in the work. Like I'd probably be a way better basketball For player, sure. but then I'm like, well, my life would probably look a hundred percent different. Yeah, I probably would have had the same chips on the shoulder that drove me to even reach this level of success or fulfillment. Yeah. Right? So it's crazy. You can't ever go back, man. And, and we, I think we all struggle. I think that's actually a really good, like almost like wrapping it up type of vibe is like just, you know, I think people get so hard on themselves about like that, right? Like even me, dude, I'm 25, uh, you know, but like in my brain, I see Caleb Maddox, a great example, right? I see dudes that are freaking 18 murdering the game, right? And I'm like, yeah. shit, man, I was, I was doing it at 18, but not like that. Right. Like I, you know, and I think you, you, you gotta be really careful with that, you know, and I, I like where, you, where your mindset's at there. Cause I, I agree a hundred percent. I think like if you compare too much to that, then it's like, you forget the fact that it's your journey, mm. right? It's not Caleb Maddox's journey. It's not Grant Cardone's journey. It's not Ty Lopez's journey, right? It's your journey and it's my journey and it's whoever's watching or listening's journey. And um, understand that everybody's on their own journey for a reason and that you have to go through certain things in life that'll teach you certain things that'll prepare you for the future that you prayed for, that you hoped for. And if you don't, then you're not going to be ready for it, right? Because your testimony or your, sorry, your, the test that you go through is what creates the testimony. And a lot of people want the testimony without going through the test and you can't do that, right? It doesn't work like that. And, yeah. and I think just being grateful for the things that happen in your life. And then, like you said, dude, the best time was, you know, 10 years ago, second best times today. If you got a goal, you got a dream, you have an aspiration, today's the day, right? Stop waiting. You know, tomorrow's going to be, you know, there's another saying, I think it goes like, you know, it goes today is the tomorrow you talked about yesterday. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it's like, you almost have to think about it for a minute, right? Yeah. Like today's the tomorrow you talk. Yeah. It's how, I think that's how it goes. But you know, the, the, the concept of that is like, look, you, you know, you know how you always say like tomorrow, 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 yeah. but it's like, I mean, think about it tomorrow. You're, is going to be the today that you yeah. talked about yesterday being right now. Bro, when I dropped right? out of dental school, I would see my old classmates in Old Town. Yeah. And I now I'm a dating coach. And that's like comes with a whole stigma in itself yeah. when nobody knew like, what the fuck? Yeah, for you sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I would see these people and like, 
a lot of people didn't support my decision, didn't understand it. And then I'd have some guys that I was cool with in my class that'd be like, yo, that inspired me. Like, I want to get my dental practice. And then when I'm like 50, I want to start my music thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, why not start today? For sure. And I, I just it. don't think people have the guts to like take that risk. You just got to be willing to fail. Yeah. Right. People aren't willing to fail. I feel like, you know, it's like people want it all figured out. They want the perfect everything, the perfect lighting, the perfect room, the perfect set, the perfect, you know, and it's like the perfect pitch. Bro, the perfect, if I wanted the perfect room, right, right, I right. never started <clears throat> The perfect funnel, the perfect, you know, video, the perfect ad, the perfect, you know, and it's like you're not, this is not how life works, man. Like yeah. you got to, you got to l- l- understand that you have to get started yeah. and then fail forward. And that's how you become successful. Straight up. That's a that's a good note to end. I love it, man. I love it. I really appreciate you having me on here. And uh, dude, let's do it on my podcast soon. Hell yeah! I love it, brother. The date and time, and Uh, I'll show up. (laughs) A hundred percent. I appreciate you having me, brother. Hell yeah! Yeah. Thank you. Peace out, guys.